0: When Michael and I play golf, we just improve our lie. Every now and then we lie a little more and it ends up a little bit better. It's going to be group therapy today. Am I on? it sound like I'm on? Okay, just make sure. Sometimes I think I'm on and I'm not on, you know what I mean? And so group therapy, going to teach you a little bit about life today. And I'm a psychologist and I realize that the world has a very limited strategy when it comes to helping people live a great life. I mean, it's just limited. I mean, my, the guy that taught me marriage counseling was on his third marriage. You understand? I mean, uh, limited in terms of how to live a great life. It's pretty much like that coast guard school off the coast of Florida. They tell you what to do if you are in the water and a shark comes, they say, you have to think quickly. So what you do is you take your leg and you jam it down that shark's mouth and you do as much damage as possible. And then the instructor smiles and says this, but you can only do that twice. (laughs) Now, that's a very limited strategy you understand. So I wanna give you a strategy that's unlimited. Most of you know the name of our ministry is LIFE, L-I-F-E. It really stands for Lowry Institute for Excellence. We go around the country trying to teach Christians that if you live a life of excellence, People will be attracted to God and things grow healthy, not by promotion, but by attraction. When the world sees your good works, they're drawn to the Father. An example of that for our ministry is the life of Daniel. Remember Daniel in a foreign country and uh, they wanted him to do things that he knew would, would not live. It would be a great life. So he was very winsome, he didn't get mad. And by the way, Christians, you don't have to be perfect, but be pleasant, okay? Just be pleasant, Uh, that would help a lot. Uh, uh, So he, he said this, look, I know you have a God, and I know this God says you live this way. But I have a God, and this God says I live this way. So let's just do a little test. It's called a hypothesis in some scientific world. Let's have a group that does this, and let's have a group that does that. And at the end, let's just see which one's better, whether your life works or whether my life works. And the guy said, okay, let's give it a shot. You know what the Bible says? At the end of the study, Daniel's group was 10 times better. Wow. I promise you, you're 10 times better out there, the <laughs> world's going to take notice. You know. If your marriage is 10 times better, the <laughs> world's going to take notice. If your kids are 10 times better, the uh, world's going to take notice. So how do we do that? How do we get there? And today, I was here in the end of November, and I, as usual, did not finish the message. And so we're just going to continue where we were, <laughs> if you remember we were teaching you how to thrive. We took that word thrive. And our scripture came from Psalm 37. It says it this way. Fret not yourself because of evil doers. Don't be envious of wrongdoers. You ever look out in the world and see these people, man, the way they're living. And it seemed like, man, they're, 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 they're having all the fun and they're getting all the money and they're doing all the stuff. And think, man, I'd, I'd like to be like that. You know, it says, don't be envious of them. For they will soon fade like the grass and wither like the green herb. Most people who live long enough end up frying in their own grease. You understand what I'm saying? Uh, Their their sins will find them out. The problem with with eat, drink, and be merry, for tomorrow you die, is that you don't die. That you got to live with eat, drink, and be merry, and the hangover, and the difficulties, and the fact you didn't do what you're supposed to do, and now the consequences show up, which makes you want to eat, drink, and be merry again, because you don't want to do what you had to do, and your life ends up being in a mess. You know, being a psychologist, <laughs> that's, that's what people do. They make appointments with me because well, their life's in a mess. Uh, some of them, I promise you, I look at and I think, I may believe in reincarnation because you could not mess up this much in one lifetime. (laughs) I mean, you you got serious problems here, buddy. Uh, So what does it say do? That's the negative, the positive. Trust in the Lord and do good. Specifically, you're doing something that, that creates a great life. You just don't come to church and see what happens in you come to a general church, you hear a general sermon about general things, and in general you generally decide you're generally going to do generally better than what you generally did before you generally came in here, and generally you go out there, and generally you don't do anything any different. And your life ends up being the same. You have to get specific in order to get terrific, and so it says you gotta, you got to do some stuff. you got to do good. Dwell in the land and befriend faithfulness. Delight yourself in the Lord, and he will give you the desires of your heart. Psalms 1:12-7 puts it like this. He is not afraid of bad news. His heart is firm, trusting in the Lord. One translation I like, he's settled in his mind that he is going to trust the Lord. No matter matter what the bad news, he's settled in his mind. Because of that, his heart is steady. He will not be afraid until he looks in triumph on his adversaries. God says, you live this kind of life, you're going to win in the end. You're going to win in the end. You're going to look back, and and this is the only life we have. You're going to look back and say, man, that was a great ride. (laughs) That, That was a great ride. And that's what God wants for you. So how do we get that, the word thrive? Of course, you know what T stands for? It stands for thinking. You know, the Bible's always talking about renewing your mind. Why do you have to renew your mind? Well, let's review a little bit because your body, your Adam suit is messed up. All right? Uh, yeah, if your Adam suit, here's what your Adam suit's going to do. It's going to sin and it's going to die. Okay? That's what it's going to do. God God didn't redeem your body. He redeemed You matter of fact, you might want to look at the person beside you and tell them God did not redeem your body (laughs) He didn't he didn't redeem your body You know, you got you got to deal with it until God kills it and get you into heaven and this body Your Adam suit, does not want to act better. It wants to feel better. Remember It doesn't want a plan. It wants a pill does not want education. It wants medication It just wants to feel good. You know, that's that's your body. That's my body Everybody's body. So you got this upward call because of God We've got a downward drift because of your body and remember you all have it you say well we're the sunday morning crowd it doesn't matter you know you apostle paul greatest christian to ever live you know what he said about his body things i don't want to do i do and the things i'd really like to do i can't seem to do that's not teenager that's the greatest christian ever lived okay what does that mean for you (laughs) It means you're in deep trouble. That's what that means. That that means you're in deep trouble. And that's, by the way, that's why Jesus came, you know, because you can't do it. You know, eventually, you know, he's got to kill it to get you into heaven. But thank good he came and did what you could not do. But the more you can do with this Adam suit, the better life you're going to have down here. Okay. Don't get that mixed up with grace and salvation. It has nothing to do. You're getting into heaven. If you think that's the case, you'll be a judgmental, sorry, no good, nauseating, negative Christian, legalist. You don't want to be that guy. Uh, So you got to learn to change the way you think. You got to renew your mind. In other words, change your perspective every day. Uh, Things happen when you change your perspective. And by the way, if you don't change, nothing else will change. I promise you. Uh, Change your perspective. One one state hospital that I like was a state hospital that let two patients go at the end uh, of the year, and they actually let the patients vote on which two patients got to go free. And this particular year, Sam and Eddie—they were best friends—and they got the most votes to go free. All right, but you understand it's a state hospital. You know, you can't just go free. You know, you got to see the psychiatrist. You know, for your exit interview to make sure you're in touch with reality. So Sam and Eddie go for their exit interview. Now, Sam's a little sharper than Eddie. Sam goes in first. And the psychiatrist says, you got the most votes. Proud of you, Sam. Just got to make sure you're in touch with reality. What would happen if I, let's see, I uh, poked out your left eye? He said, Doc, I'd I'd be half blind. I'd be half blind. Or what would happen if I poked out your right eye? I'd be totally blind. Couldn't see a thing. He said those are good answers Sam and I'm gonna let you go as Sam is leaving Eddie is coming in and Sam looked at Eddie and said Eddie look at look at me look at me Eddie. These are the answers half-blind Totally blind Can't see a thing come on Eddie. You can remember that half-blind totally blind can't see a thing. We are so out of here Eddie Come on. Don't let me down Eddie goes in to see the doctor The doctor says Eddie you got the most votes just got to make sure you're in touch with reality i got a few questions for you. What would happen to you if I, let's see, if I, uh, if I cut off your left ear? Well, Doc, I'd be half blind. I'd, I'd be half blind. Are you sure? Yeah, that, that's my answer, half blind. Well, what would happen if I cut off your other ear? I'd be totally blind, Doc. Couldn't see a thing. You know, psychiatrist says, oh, Eddie, said, said Eddie, Why would you say such a thing? I mean, why would you say if I cut off your ears, you'd be totally blind? He said, Doc, if you cut off my ears, my hat would fall down over my eyes. I'd be totally blind. I couldn't see a thing. (laughs) And Doc said, Eddie, I think I'm gonna let you go. (laughs) Why? Because he looked at life from a different perspective. God is saying you renew your mind with his word and you look at life from a different perspective. The world will mess you up. The world's a Ponzi scheme. The world says you can have this without that and you can for a short period of time but unfortunately by the time that that shows up you're addicted to this and it's messed up your life. You see, you have to renew your mind. That means you talk to yourself. You don't listen to yourself. You don't follow your heart. You know, if I followed my heart, I'd weigh 300 pounds. You can't follow your heart. You lead your heart by not listening to your self-talk. Most of your self-talk's lies that you've, you know, got from your childhood, you picked up because of your insecurities and all that psychological that we don't have time to go into. It's probably about your mother, but we, if it's not one thing, it is your mother, but we don't have time to talk about your mother. Uh, so, uh, but you renew your mind by putting... The truth, you know what the Bible says? The truth will set you free. Okay? But you have to start telling yourself the truth, you see. And, and your Adam suit does not want to hear the truth. Adam suit, we rationalize. We use rational lies to get us to do what we want to do, you know, to, to give pleasure to your Adam suit. That, that's the that's way we're all made. So we have to constantly change that perspective. And the Bible says, remember, in the book it says that in the long view, not in the short view, in the long view. I mean, if if you're going to die tonight, if you're going to die tonight, and you want to eat, and you love jelly beans, just eat all the jelly beans you want. I mean, if you're going to die tonight, just stuff yourself with jelly beans. You know, But if you plan to live like a few more years... You, you might want to eat green beans rather than jelly beans, right? You know, they, they just have a little bit more value for you. And that's what we're talking about. The things that are long-term, not just short-term pleasure. Now, your Adam suit does not like long-term. It likes short-term gratification. You know? and, and, and that's, you know, those who've raised kids, you know, it starts at a very early age. You know, I, I want it and I want it right now. That's in all of us. So your Adam suit, not goal achieving; it's tension relieving. You know, it, it does not want clarity of the truth. It wants comfort. It, it just wants to feel better. Uh, sometimes psychologists call it the magic of the mouth because we solve our psychological problems with a physical solution. Why? Because it makes you feel better temporarily. We were all made. We were all made. And the more you can handle that long term, the better off you will be. So how does that work? Change the way you think, and then, because remember nothing's gonna change until you do, and then change our habits. Here's what Aristotle, Aristotle's actually a pretty smart guy, uh, dead guy. Yeah, most of the smart guys are dead. Uh, but then you know that they really were smart, because you know, you you know, he found out he's dead it still lives on. Here's what he said, Aristotle. Life is, success in life, is what you do every day he said he said success in life is what you do every day and therefore success in life is a habit not an event see discipline is success in the long in the same direction for a long period of time you ask any athlete that's what they've done they've had they they've had discipline in the same direction for a long period of time So Aristotle says, that's the key. Those habits are the key. Now, let me tell you why change is so hard and it's very difficult. Because your Adam suit wants what it wants right now. And because it's your habit pattern, most of your habits are subconscious. You don't even think about it, all right? You you do mindless stuff that makes you feel better and you don't even think about it, you see in order to change your behavior, you have to think about it. You have to move it from the subconscious to the conscious level. See, because most of you come to church, sit pretty much the same place, park pretty much the same park, talk to pretty much the same people. It's, it's subconscious. You just do that. And you don't even think about it. If you're going to do something different at church, what you actually do would be park in a totally different place. Because that would, that would shock the subconscious. You'd go, whoa, what am I doing over here? And then you could talk to yourself. Because now you're on the conscious level, not the subconscious level. You can say, I'm over here today because I'm going to smile and actually be pleasant to three people today. You know, that could be your goal. You know? uh, but that gets it to the conscious behavior. Let me, t- let, me sh- let me demonstrate, give you a visual of how hard change is. Let's say... Uh,